Okay, well, thanks, everybody, for that. Um, hopefully, you got a handout coming in. And uh, uh, it's a shorter one today because I knew we'd be doing this uh, initial piece. We we're talking about the doctrine of the church. And uh, these first classes have been on what is the church. And uh, we've been talking about um, last time the glorious um, different names and metaphors God gives for his people. And one of the, uh, one of the angles that I want to really focus in on today is the idea of the church as the family of God. The church is the family of God. Just think about what it's like to be in a family. Um, a family is um, a, a group of people that are related to each other, um, usually by blood. And uh, they are caring for each other, right? And you don't, you don't leave family hang, right? Um, you, you care. Parents care for their kids. Um, as they, the parents get older, the kids then care for the parents, right? <laughs> um, and we, we look out for each other. Um, that's what things are meant to be like in the community of the Spirit. And so you'll see how the community of the Spirit and family of God metaphors really work together here. But um, I want to just make two really straightforward points and just think practically about what does it mean to be the family of God and the community of the Spirit. But first, sort of the theological points here. Um, the, the Holy Spirit gives different gifts to each Christian. This is the big idea. You are all gifted by the Holy Spirit. You all have the Spirit. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit. And um, one of the great kind of new developments in the New Covenant is um, this, this outpouring of the Spirit on all different kinds of people. Not just Jew and Gentile, but even different strata of society. So there's that quote from Joel, um, chapter 2, that Peter quotes there in Acts 2. Um, Your old men will dream dreams, and, and young men um, will receive visions. Um, all these different age levels receiving the Spirit and being able to, to bless others as a result. So, what does it mean to receive the Spirit? It means you're united to Jesus. That was last year's Sunday school class. We did a class on the Holy Spirit. We talked about how the Spirit unites us to Jesus Christ. And remember my, my definition from two times back? What does it mean to be the church? It means to be, the church is the group of people who are united to Jesus. The Spirit unites us to Jesus. Well, in addition to the Spirit uniting us to Jesus so that we're saved, the Spirit gives us all that Jesus has. He gives us gifts or strengths. And Westminster Confession 26 says this, All saints, think about this, all saints, that are united to Jesus Christ, their head. Okay, so saints united to Jesus by his spirit and by faith. The spirit, we talked about this last time. Spirit is God reaching down, unifying us to himself. The faith is how we receive the gift of the spirit. All saints that are united to Jesus Christ, their head, by his spirit and by faith, have fellowship with him in his graces, sufferings, death, resurrection, and glory. Think about what that is saying. If you are united to Jesus, you have what Jesus has. Jesus possesses all things. Jesus is heir to the kingdom. 
Jesus is currently reigning over the entire world. You are heir of all things. You have received and will receive the kingdom. You are the co-ruler with Christ over the entire world. Um, Revelation 3.21, right? He who overcomes, I will cause him to sit with me on my throne, even as the Father caused me to sit with him on his throne, right? And so if you are one with Jesus, you have what Jesus has. Well, is Jesus pretty good at lots of different things? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Is Jesus really strong in the spirit? Yup, he is. And he gives those strengths to you. So, Jesus is the ultimate gifted one who is not hoarding his gifts. He's giving them all around to his church through his spirit. And that's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Isn't that interesting language? The manifestation of the spirit. So there's the one spirit of God, but he manifests himself in many different ways. We talked about this last um, year, all the different metaphors for the spirit um, and all the things that the spirit does. And Paul says later in, in the same chapter, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit. All these Christians who are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So each of us have received the spirit, but we don't receive the spirit in the same way. Um, same thing with like, you know, we're all image bearers. We're all made in God's likeness. Do we all look exactly alike? Do we all think alike? Well, well thank the Lord, no. <laughs> right? We're, we're the, the glorious diversity of the people of God is not just in how we look and how we talk and all those kinds of things, but also um, in, in the, the gifts that the Spirit gives. So um, the Spirit gives all these different gifts to his people. And what are some of these gifts? And actually, even before I get into what are the gifts, look at, look at just that language. To each is given. Each Christian. Every Christian receives some gifts. Every Christian is deeply valuable to the body. Every member is valuable. Um, is every part of your body valuable? Yes. Is it all valuable in the same way? No. It's wonderfully diverse, right? There's the eye that sees, there's the ear that hears, and and our hands that can pick things up, right? Same thing with the people of God. So this is just one of the things I wanted to ask you is, and this is more a rhetorical question, but I just want you to ask yourself, do you think of yourself as gifted by the Spirit? Do you think of yourself as a empowered part of the people of God? Um, maybe you're sitting there and maybe you're like a young person and you're thinking to yourself, I mean, like, I guess so, but I don't really know, right? Well, do you realize that there are some gifts that kind of lie dormant for a time and then suddenly surge to the forefront and suddenly appear? Um, things that, like, isn't it a wonderful discovery when this happens? Um, I'm sure there's many older people here who can talk, think, think back to when they discovered their vocation. And when they first came in contact with <clears throat> whatever the thing was that they ended up um, learning to do, just that sense of like, man, this is great. I love this, right? Uh, well, guess what? 
in the life of the body of Christ, there are going to be those moments as you're seeking to serve Christ where you're going to be like, wow, I didn't realize how much I actually really enjoyed showing hospitality. Or I had no idea, like, that I would actually, like, love teaching, like, little kid Sunday school. Like, I never would have pictured myself doing that, but I actually really love this. Um, so sometimes these gifts lie dormant, but do you think of yourself as gifted? And, and even think about this. Look at what it says in um, the quote I have there on Second Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. What does it say is the reason for why the Spirit has given the gifts to each individual person? Anybody notice that? What is the reason for why we are gifted? Paul tells us a very specific reason. For the common good, yes. Now, think about that for a second. We are gifted for the good of the body, right? What are ways in which we tend to substitute that good purpose for counterfeit purposes? Um, When you're really good at something, there can be temptations, right? There can be counterfeit uses of those strengths, right? So, like, what would, be an ex- what would be some examples of ways in which we can take the good strength that the Spirit's given you and not use it for the purpose it was given for? What are some counterfeit purposes? Yeah, so that's, that's a really big one, right? Showing off and elevating yourself. Um, Second Corinthians, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to have this as a huge theme um, where Paul talks about these super apostles. What are these guys doing? They're elevating themselves with their gifts. Maybe they actually have genuine strengths and genuine gifts. No doubt they did. No doubt, at the very least, they were very charismatic people who were visiting the Corinthian church. And yet, what were they doing? They were using those gifts to push other people down, namely Paul, um, and they were elevating themselves over others. Um, remember uh, Jeremiah 9, um, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his strength, let not the rich man boast in his riches. What's that saying? It's saying each one of those areas, riches, strength, wisdom, those are gifts, those are wonderful blessings. We can also boast in them. Right? and turn them into idols, into things that basically are counterfeit sources of identity. Um, where like, I'm more worthy than this person because I'm strong. I'm better than this person because I'm wise. Not the reason why God gave the gift. <laughs> what, else, what else can like, be a substitute purpose for gifts? Things that, in other words, you got the strength, but there's a misuse of it. Wrong purpose. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, harming other people, and, and yeah, um, spiritual abuse, um, abuse of power is a real thing, right? Um, and so, yeah, we, we need to be very careful. Like, are we actually seeking others good, or is this really all about us, right? Um, yeah. yeah, and even, um, yeah, go ahead. Were you going to say? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, little, little kingdom building, right? There's, there's capital K kingdom building where we're seeking the agendas of God and wanting his name to become famous. And then there's lowercase k kingdom building where I've got my little province where I'm the greatest, I'm the big fish of this pond, maybe a small pond, but I'm the big fish in it. And, um, and you know, it's your brand, right? <laughs> and um, and in, this, in this age of social media, it's actually kind of easy to do that, right? Um, and it's encouraged. Everybody's got to have their own brand, their own YouTube channel, whatever. Um, yeah, again, this is self-exaltation. Not the reason why God gave the gifts. What if, God, the reason why God gave you the gift is to bless other people, not be recognized by anybody, and then at the end be honored by Jesus when he says, um, you were, I was poor and you came and sought me um, in prison and you visited me naked and you clothed me. Um, the people who did these things are not even like aware that they did them. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay, well, what are some of these gifts? Well, um, there are lists, three of them, that I give you there. Um, evangelism. People can be really gifted at sharing the good news with unbelievers. Discernment, wisdom. I've already been over these when we did the, the Holy Spirit Sunday School class. I actually just copied this over from that. But just a reminder, like, there's quite a variety here. Um, teaching, yes, um, explaining the word, exhorting and preaching. Those are similar things, declaring the word with power. But then look at this. And these are like straight out of um, these lists that I just cited. Service, helping, mercy, leading. Even the word administrating is, is in there. Caring for the needs of others, helping the church to function, um, giving, faith. Um, these, are, these are all things that make the church go. Um, and there's great variety in these. Some of these are upfront things. Some of these are very much behind-the-scene things. And yet all of them are from the Spirit. All of them are from God so that we can bless other people. So there's this great variety of gifts. Everybody has gifts. Please remember that. Everybody has gifts. And then this. How are we, what is this supposed to mean for who we are as a church? Well, again, Westminster Confession 26. This is just picking up from what I read before. Um, so all saints that are united to Christ and have these gifts and fellowship with him in, in his gifts and graces, being united also to one another in love. So if you're united to Jesus, you're united to one another. We talked about that um, two classes ago. Therefore, you have communion in each other's gifts and graces and are obliged to the performance of such duties, public and private, as do conduce to their mutual good, both in the inward and outward man. Okay, that was said in beautiful 1640s English. Can anyone translate what I just said? Put that in your own words. What's he saying? What, what are they saying? What's the Westminster Assembly saying? We all are united to Christ. We all have fellowship with him. In his gifts, therefore, what do they say? We're all there for each other. It's great, yes. And even think about this. He says, they say, we're all united to each other in love, therefore we have communion in each other's gifts 
and grace is. So, you know, someone else may have the gift of hospitality. Someone else may have the gift of service. Someone else may have the gift of teaching. And yet, really, yeah, that person is the one who's entrusted with the gift, steward of the gift. But really, that gift belongs to the church as a whole. And that's part of where, like, you know, a, a minister who has, like, the gift of preaching, like, he can't just say, well, I'm done. I don't feel like doing this anymore, and I resign. Um, actually, there's stuff in our book of church order that says, um, in that instance, you know, he can make that known and everything, but uh, the, the presbytery has to concur, and, and the, the congregation as a whole gets to say, <laughs> have a say in that, right? Why is that? It's because the the gift doesn't just belong to that guy. It belongs to the whole church. And so your gifts don't really ultimately belong to you. They ultimately belong to Jesus and to God. But they also belong to all your brothers and sisters. So you can't, like, hold them back to, to yourself. It, it's not properly yours to hold on to. Right? Um, God demands that you use that gift in ways that conduce to our mutual good, both in the inward and outward man. Why do you think it says both inward and outward man? Yeah, Todd. Exactly. Yeah, and so just, again, it's reminding us, wanting us never to lose sight of the fact that the gifts God's given us is for the whole, whole part person, right? Um, the church is not purely here for your soul. We are also here for you as a person, a whole person. Why do we have the office of deacon? Because we, we all need to eat and, you know, have, have uh, shelter and whatnot. Um, we need to look out for each other, um, not just spiritually, but also outwardly as well. Um, some of the gifts God's given are speci specifically for the blessing of the outward man. So this is a snippet from a uh, when I, uh, Montgomery and I have talked about like our vision as a church, we, we say imagine a church. Well, here are some pieces of that imagine a church vision that specifically have to do with gift sharing. Imagine a church where the church is constantly pouring itself into each other in love. Imagine a church where hospitality to other members is happening all the time. And just remember, hospitality can take so many different forms. Yeah, we think initially of having somebody into our homes, but hospitality can also be like, hey, do you want to go get a meal together? you want to get coffee or something? Um, taking that initiative to welcome somebody into your time and saying, I want to be with you. Uh, imagine a church where older Christians actively disciple and mentor the younger. We have such a need of this. And this is a place where um, gifting... There can be such a diversity of gifting, and sometimes you might be just the perfect person to mentor this other person, whereas the pastor or one of the elders would not really be able to bless them in the way that you could. I think especially of older women discipling younger women. There are just ways in which they will be able to connect with each other and help each other um, that, that us guys won't be able to do. Imagine a church where no one goes hungry or is in need because... The church is generously giving to the needs that arise. That should characterize us, right? Nobody goes hungry in the people of God. Um, imagine a church where all of the saints, from the little child to the elderly seasoned saint, are vitally engaged in using all their gifts, and I should have said all their life, 
for the glory of God. What, what would you say? What would you say to an older saint who is just very weak in body, who is, um, you know, bedridden, not capable of, of uh, getting out anymore? What would you say to that saint about how they could still be a, a, a gift-giving servant of the Lord Jesus Christ? There's lots of, lots of answers. Yeah. Prayer warriors. I, I, am, I am convinced that there will be so many of us that will get to heaven at the end and the Lord will expose all that kind of the, the, the narrative, the sub-narrative sub that we never knew, knew about. And we're going to get there and realize, wow, the reason why I made it to the end, the reason why I avoided this terrible, um, awful decision, the way, reason why I was able to overcome this sin is because this older saint didn't stop praying for me. <laughs> um, I, have an, I have an older brother in Christ from a previous congregation who lifts me and my family up every single day um, and continues to pray for me. Um, and I just I can't tell him how much I appreciate that. Yeah, what were you going to say, uh, Jeremy? Or? Yeah. Yeah, the wisdom that the older saints have, all the things that God has taught them, um, enormous, right? And there's lots more we could say. Um, we are the family of God. And I, I want to say it like this. We get to be family to each other, which is especially powerful for people who don't have families or if you're estranged from them. If you're a Christian, you have a family. And let's just say, like, you're no longer in fellowship with your family of origin. Let's just say your family of origin is all passed away. Let's just say you're a single person, never got married, don't have any offspring uh, physically. Okay, you still have a family. You still, in a sense, have kids. You have offspring in the sense of, like, spiritual offspring, the children of the church, in some sense, do belong to you. It's part of why whenever there's a baptism, when we receive a member, we say, hey, this person is now part of our family. We need to care for them, right? Um, so we are the family of God. Here's some questions for you as we're trying to think about what does it mean to be the community of the Spirit? How would we respond to Cain when he, in his saucy way, says back to God, when God asks him where he's able, he says, am I my brother's keeper? How should we answer that question? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And what does that mean practically? Like, why am I saying this now? Like, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, we are. Okay, Cain, you're wrong. Um, but, like, what does that mean in a practical way? There's lots of practical implications of this. Yeah, that's right. We're using gifts to bless them. And we're, we're noticing when there's a need that we could meet. Um, I, I remember three or four churches back um, uh, being in, like, the fellowship hall and noticing uh, one of the kids who was no longer under their parents' observation, he got a pen and started writing on the wall. And I thought to myself, not my kid, not my problem wrong. That kid is, in a sense, my problem, in the sense that, like, I need to look out for this kid who just 
happened not to be under his parents' watch. So, like, looking out for each other and taking ownership of each other um, and saying, like, hey, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while, rather than letting the elders and pastors figure that out and touch base with them, which we are bound to do and we will do, um, I'm going to give them a call (laughs) and see how they're doing. I hope they're still okay. Um, You are your brother's keeper. (laughs) Right? Okay, what about this? What is the problem with a member who simply attends worship and has no other contact with the church? What's the problem with somebody who comes? Maybe they come every single Sunday. Here they are. They come, they worship, they leave. What is the problem with that? Aren't they keeping their vow? They're being very good. Yes, Becky? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's one thing to to attend. It's another thing to actually really be absorbing what you're hearing. So that's a key piece exactly. Yeah, to be willing to receive um, the word, and we should be praying for each other. Um, That's probably part of why we send out that preparing for worship email is just encouraging us all to be praying that the word would find its root in our hearts. Good. And and what's kind of the problem if if you're just coming? And that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're starving yourself from the gifts and the life of the body. Um, there's a, there's a book in our library just got put in there, so it's on kind of like the display shelf of new arrivals. It's called um, Being a Church Member, I think is, is the title. And basically what it's, the book is about, it's a very short, really excellent book um, by Tom Rayner, and it's, it's, it's basically the idea is countering the consumeristic mentality of church. Like when you go and you get a service, like you, you go and you get like a, a massage or you get a an oil change. What do you do? You go, you pay, you get your, your thing, and you move on, right? I got what I need, on to the next thing. This is going to, you know, give me what I want, right? And a lot of people can think of the church in this way, where I'm here, okay, you give me what you're supposed to give me. I'll do my giving, yeah, yeah. Um, give me what I am entitled to. Um, and if I'm not getting what I want, um, it's sort of like shopping for the best coffee shop or the best pizza place on to the next one, right? And what Tom Rainer's book is about is like, actually, being a church member is very different. You're part of a body. You're part of a family, right? And so what are we here to do? We are here to be a family. We're not here to primarily to get a service, right, in a consumeristic way. We are here to be blessed, to be fed by the Word of God, but then also to live out that Word of God as a family together. Um, Let's not lose sight of that. Uh, let's see. Uh, we came came to the end. I do want you to think through for yourself. What's what's short circuiting your involvement in the people of God, um, giving family, giving to your brothers and sisters as a family? Um, is it because you don't think you've got anything to offer? False. God, the Spirit has gifted you. Is it because you don't think anybody else is really giving um, the way they ought to, and you're you're the one who has to always be doing it? Well, that's not a good good reason um, to not give what God's given you. Um, what's the obstacles to your giving of yourself as a member of the family of God? 
And one last piece, um, our deacons have, uh, have done a wonderful job collecting this list of gifts where um, people have different skills, different abilities. So-and-so is really good with this kind of, you know, this kind of uh, work or, or um, really glad to provide meals when needed, whatever. Um, they've collected this list of gifts so that then when there's need in the body, let's say so-and-so in this other church needs something done, then we can publicize it to those who have said, hey, I'm willing to help in this way. Um, if you haven't filled out one of those gift questionnaires, um, see a deacon, and um, they'd be glad to add your gifts to the list so that we can be the community of the Spirit together. Let's ask God help in, God's help in this. Lord, thank you that you've given us each gifts. We've all, we're all participants in the strengths of Jesus himself. And we thank you that we're united not just to him, but to each other. And we have a share in each other's gifts. And so we pray, help us not to hold back what really does belong to the body as a whole. Help us to give generously of our time and of our energy. Help us to identify those strengths that you have given to us. And Lord, to be open maybe to the fact that there are other strengths we haven't even discovered yet. Please protect us from a consumerist mentality. Please protect us. Um, from just being withdrawn from your people. Please help us to be a people who are, who are generous and truly treating each other like family. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, everybody.